Episodes on dreams are hugely popular and I can see why. Welcome to episode 113 of the Sleep Whisperer podcast. Laurel Clark is a teacher of metaphysics and self-development, ordained interfaith minister, intuitive counselor and mentor and author. Past president of the International Association for the Study of Dreams and the School of Metaphysics, Laurel now owns her own company, Whole Life Resources. She teaches and guides people to develop their full potential through understanding dreams, meditation, visualization and mind skills like undivided attention, concentration, listening and memory. She's the author of Intuitive Dreaming and seven other books and contributor to a dozen more. Laurel takes us through how real-life examples on extraordinary dreams helped us in waking lives. You'll be left amazed by how intuitive guidance from dreams can go so far as to guide us on how to save a life. It does take some practice, but we can all learn to be guided by the intuitive wisdom within our dreams. This will help us to have greater vision, improve our lives and live colorfully. The intersection between sleep and dreaming is indeed two-way and potent. I hope our dream episodes help you to recall your dreams, break free that wisdom which is hidden within your dream space and guide you in your waking life with better decisions that come from that inner guidance. I've loved having mails where you reach out to me, share your love for our episodes or even when some of you have then connected me with visionaries that would be wonderful guests. Hearing from you is what makes this show so special. Please continue reaching out, sharing thoughts and connecting with me. This world is a magical space made more so by these amazing connections. On that note, happy dreaming. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, Author and New Guinea and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer Podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Laurel, pleasure to have you on the Sleep Whisperer podcast and we're talking about something which sounds very exciting, which is extraordinary dreams. And as I mentioned to you before we started that we've done so many dream episodes and they've all had phenomenal response. I think just the topic of dreams is super fascinating. And I know since I've started interviewing people who are dream experts that in this last year my own 
journey with dreams has been deeply transformative and I've got so much out of that and it's been like little master class on dreams for me each time. So I'm hoping that our listeners also have got these profound insights into listening to these episodes and this one particularly sounded interesting to me. And um, there, I know I wish our listeners could see, but you've got that image of your book behind you, Intuitive Dreaming. I hope they can all go grab that after they listen to our conversations. But um, I know everyone who's come into dreams has come down a route which has been guided in some form or the other. What brought you into the world of dreams? You know, I have reflected on that because it was kind of a combination of things. Um, I know when I was a child, I had some dreams that I really enjoyed. Like one dream that I enjoyed is going into a house and there I'd go into a room and then in that room, there was a a doorway that usually was in some kind of hidden place and I'd go through that doorway and it would open up these other rooms. And so that experience of kind of discovering new things from going through hidden doorways, I'd wake up and just feel very uh, interested and curious about my life. And when I was in college, that's when I started writing down my dreams. And the stimulus for that is I was taking a creative writing class and one of my classmates wrote poetry that I really loved. It was very, it had beautiful imagery. And I also was writing poetry, but I, to me, my poetry seemed kind of brainy and not, it didn't have so many images. And I asked her where she came up with those and she said that it came from her dreams. So I knew that I was dreaming, but I didn't very often remember my dreams. So she was the one who told me to get a journal and put it by my bed and tell myself I wanted to remember dreams. And just as you were saying in the introduction, just hearing people talk about dreams has improved and increased your own awareness of dreaming that's what happened for me just by having that journal there and telling myself I wanted to remember dreams. I started remembering more and more, but I didn't know how to interpret them. And maybe two years after that, I went to a counselor who did a lot of work with my dreams that was very personally transformational. And then about two years after that, I became a student at a school called the School of Metaphysics and dream interpretation was very significant of the course of study for self-awareness and self-development. And then it's kind of unfolded since then. And Laurel, I must ask you right here because it popped into my head. What if you don't want to remember some of those scary dreams? Do we always get something out of it? Because, you know, sometimes when you wake up, it can be so draining after you've had a night of terrible dreams. You know, that's a great question. And I think that's why some people don't remember dreams is that they they are afraid of being scared. And what I've found is that by learning how to understand the dreams, 
it, it actually transforms them. So the thing that makes it scary is that it's unknown. And when we can understand why am I having this dream? What is it here to tell me? And then I do something to learn the lessons in my waking life. First of all, it usually changes the dreams. We don't keep having those scary dreams. And it becomes something that we can use for healing and awareness. That makes so much of sense. And uh, I know that, uh, of course, even though there's so much interest on dreams today, I think that the population who really understands how important dreaming is, is still very small. And I'm not quite sure. Maybe it's just lack of awareness. But maybe it would help if you spoke a little bit about why are our dreams important at all. We go through life and we have physical things we need to do. We go to work, we take care of our families, maybe we uh, work in a garden. And even though we do these physical things, that doesn't mean that we are physical beings. I believe that we are, people call it different things, spirit, soul, um, that there is a being that is inside this physical body. So if you think about it, when we go to sleep at night, our body is lying there in bed. To some extent, it's paralyzed. There are chemicals that the brain produces to actually paralyze the body. So sometimes people have, it, things are out of balance, so they sleepwalk, but for the most part, people don't. And so even though we're not aware of our physical surroundings, you know, the sounds around us, the sights around us, we're not dead. There's still some kind of life that's going on. And when we remember our dreams, even if we don't yet know how to interpret them, just remembering a dream gives us an experience that there is more to us than meets the eye which in my opinion can help people to realize as they go through their everyday life experiences, they probably have a lot more potential than they are aware of. And I mean, that might seem like a small thing, but I think that's a pretty big realization is to know that, yes, you know, wow, what is there that's beneath the surface here? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also a lot of people who connect creativity to just being artists or something like that find that they're actually very creative and only from the space of their dreams and then that just opens up so many other channels as well so I absolutely agree with that and this is something we can probably get into more detail a little bit later but there are many people who have creativity inspired from their dreams business ideas. In fact, the cover of that book that you mentioned, the artist who did the cover art, he saw that image in his dreams. I received the title to a different book that I wrote from my dreams. Mm. Sometimes if people are trying to solve a problem, you know, they do whatever they can with their conscious mind. And then they've gone as far as they can go. And they say, I just need to sleep on it. And then they have a dream, or maybe they don't even remember the dream, but they wake up with, with the an inspired idea. Yes, yes. And, I have. Them. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I think that's a lovely way to use dreams. Dreams also can help us to understand and resolve emotional 
difficulties. I think sometimes they can help us become aware that there are things that we need to pay attention to that we're not. And I think when you asked about scary dreams or nightmares, I think sometimes that's the reason that people have those is there may be something that they are not wanting to face in their waking life. And it, by turning away from it, it doesn't go away. And so the nightmare is kind of like our inner self saying, hey, wake up. This is something important that you need to pay attention to. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely that. Could you give us an example of that, how we tend to connect our emotions with our dreams? Do you have any story to tell about someone whose experience described that perfectly? Well, this was kind of an interesting experience that I had. This was a few years ago. I had a dream and there's somebody who I know in waking life who tends to be a very happy, upbeat, positive person. And I'm not saying that she never experiences sadness or anger, but she never showed that. And I had a dream that woke me up because it was so profound that she was just sobbing, sobbing, crying. And it was so unusual because I had never experienced her being like that. So I didn't know if that was purely symbolic and it was actually about me and some aspect of me that she represented or if it was about her, but it just felt so profound. I reached out to her, I sent her a text and said, I'm thinking about you. I had a dream that you were in and I didn't say anything about what the dream was because I didn't want to alarm her. And she called me and she said, I'm so glad you reached out to me. She's a uh, counselor and she was working at an institution for mostly young women who were recovering from drug addiction. And a lot of them had um, children or sometimes they came into the institution when they were pregnant. Anyway, one of the young women had just committed suicide. And so everybody who lived in the facility and everybody who worked there was very shocked and very grief stricken. And she just wanted to be able to talk to someone about it who wasn't also involved in the institution. So I believe I had that dream because I was connected enough with her to receive her emotions and because I believe that dreams are important. And I also know that she believes that dreams are important. That's why I reached out to her. That's beautiful, Laurel. I mean, I can't think of, I mean, how many of us in today's world would actually even think about it and reach out because at times we are just, we probably just let it be as something that came up in our head that day. And you spoke, of course, about so much related to the importance of dreams, but uh, does it play a role in how good your sleep is or the quality of sleep based on your dreaming? Because I hear some thoughts about how uh, dreaming is part of the REM phase of sleep. And therefore, since you need more of the REM state of sleep for quality sleep, then 
having dreams or remembering your dreams is a way to think that you've had better quality of sleep. Any thoughts on that? I think that's true. And I think it also works the other way around that if somebody is not sleeping deeply, they don't remember as many dreams or maybe they don't have as many dreams. What I've found is that part of what helps improve sleep is when people are interested in dreams and they're curious about them, they wanna to go to sleep. <laughs> and I'm not sure what it's like in India, but in this country, I'm in the United States, people unfortunately have a kind of pride in being able to get by with very little sleep you know oh we'll that's say, the only... case everywhere laurel and by the way our listeners are predominantly in the united states and we have very <laughs> few listeners in india but uh, i think that's the case all over the world it's just a result of our modern world and the sympathetic dominant state where it's a badge of honor that oh i just get by on five hours sleep Yes, I have heard that a lot. And I used to be with an organization that even the way things were structured, um, there were meetings that started early in the morning and they would go until late at night. You know, sometimes there are conferences that are like that, that there's just not time built in for sleep. And I know for myself, and I think this is probably true of everybody, the less sleep that I received that was deep sleep, not only did it interfere with being able to remember my dreams, but it also negatively affected my emotional state. I'd get crabby or I'd, you know, cry at the drop of a hat. And that also can affect dreams. So I think the, the point of that is if people realize that dreams aren't just entertainment, that they're actually important for our well-being, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even physically, then I think that it can encourage people to get more sleep so they can have those deep REM states that contribute to the deeper dreaming. And Laurel, I must ask you this as well, because I've noticed from my trackers that there are times I'm exhausted. You described a little while ago, I used to cry and then, you know, I wouldn't have good sleep and therefore I wouldn't dream. There have been times where I've had exhausting days and really draining physically, emotionally, and then I've slept. I've slept even for nine to 10 hours. And the days where I've slept for so long, surprised have shown me the worst quality of sleep uh, where my light sleep covers the majority of my full sleep so you're so right about how quality so I think it's important to also differentiate because sometimes people think that they're sleeping seven to eight hours and therefore their sleep must be good and that's not always the case it's so uh, it I mean it's based on so many things it's surprising what you find when you actually notice these things that it's not 
always as predictable as you hope that the day you're tired, your sleep is deeper. You might feel that that sleep is deeper, but surprisingly, it might not be. And therefore, if you're not entering those states of deep sleep or REM sleep, then obviously you're not going to have access to dreaming as well. And I'm just wondering, so in based on all this, what we just spoke about, obviously can having better quality of sleep in turn support better dreaming, dream recall, the ability to use our dreams in ways where it benefits us? Yes. And one very interesting thing I learned from a sleep expert, a doctor who helps people who have sleep disorders, is that people are genetically programmed to either be night owls or morning larks. So it doesn't mean that everybody can always plan their life that way, but if people can find out what their own body is naturally attuned to, you know, if it's someone who's a night owl, if they can have a job where they can sleep later in the morning and stay up later at night, if it's someone who's a morning lark, they can get up at the crack of dawn and go to bed at eight or nine o'clock in the evening, that can improve quality of sleep. And also we don't have to have the sleep all in one chunk of time. So if somebody can only sleep five or six hours and then they can take a nap in the afternoon, that can improve the quality of sleep. And oftentimes if people are having difficulty remembering dreams, if they can take a nap, it's easier to remember the dreams and the dreams don't actually have to be in the REM state. They're usually different kinds of dreams if they're not in the REM state, like they might be a voice message or they might be um, very brief. The ones that tend to be in bright color that are the long stories you know, the things that seem like a movie, those are usually from the REM state of sleep. But really any of those dreams can help us in uh, feeling more refreshed and having more knowledge from the dreams. And uh, of course, I have realized personally that Paying a little attention, being mindful of dreams takes it a long way in terms of how do you actually use it? Because now sometimes the dreams are the spaces where, as you described before, I get the most clarity on what to do in something in my life. Uh, so could you describe a little bit more about how we actually pay attention to our dreams and how does that actually improve our intuition when we're awake because your title describes it so beautifully as intuitive dreaming uh, how how might we actually do that first of all i think it helps to realize that the dreaming mind which i call the subconscious mind is our own inner self and we want to build a relationship with that inner mind. So very similar to building a relationship with another person, it's important to ask questions and to listen. One way of doing that is to have a dream journal that we keep by the bedside with a pen or pencil. 
that's close enough within reach that you don't have to sit up or get up out of bed to write down in it. And then before going to sleep is to ask your dreams for what you want. So it could be something as simple as, I want to remember my dreams. It could be more specific, like I want a dream to show me what I need to do to heal this back pain. It could be something like, I want a dream to give me some guidance about this relationship in my life, what, whatever it is. And then as we're waking up, before jumping out of bed, before thinking about what we have to do during the day, is to spend a little bit of time recalling the dream and writing down whatever we remember. So sometimes people think I don't remember my dreams because they're not remembering this big long story, but even if they remember a feeling is to write that down, or maybe they see a person's face, or maybe there's just one brief scene. What's so interesting is that by writing down the, those pieces, sometimes that in itself will stimulate more memory and more recall of the dream. Mm. And it gets much better with practice. Like the more we do this, the more we write down, then the more we remember. Yeah. I, and how many of us actually do that? I mean, I know even though I'm so interested in it, I still don't have a book right there and probably we should. should so should we just keep that at our bedside? Another suggestion I got from someone was when I said, I mean, I don't want to switch on the light at times and by the morning I've forgotten my dream. And then someone said, well, just do an audio recording on your phone if you have it. And I mean, are there ways that we can make it practically easier for people? It, I do know a lot of people who record their dreams with audio. For me, I have to wake up too much to be able to speak. So it's easier for me to write. And this might seem funny, but sometimes I will even write my dreams down with my eyes closed. I don't turn the light on. So Unfortunately, sometimes when I've done that, I've, you know, written one line on top of another. So what I try to do is take my other hand, you know, I'll write one line here and then write here so that there are big spaces so that I'm not writing one line on top of the next. Right, right. And occasionally, you know, I can't read what I wrote with my eyes closed, but usually I can. Hmm. And that way I don't have to wake up so much and it helps me to, to stay in that dream state a little bit longer. That makes so much sense. And of course, yeah, you're right about not opening the eyes because at times I wake up, I just maybe need to move to the restroom, but I go with my eyes closed, come back and hope I can get back to that very same dream. But I'd love for you to share. You did, I mean, you mentioned about how our dreams can actually uh, provide us with tools like advice or guidance to something that we need to do with our lives whether it's a relationship work whatever the case might be but I was wondering if you have any um, memories of someone who would describe this perfectly in terms of how they got advice in their dreams and how did they use that in a way 
which benefited their life. I have some fun examples and I have some serious examples. So I'd love to one have fun, one of each. Okay, so one fun example is this scarf. And I love to wear it when I'm talking about dreams because it was a birthday gift. One of my students knew that my birthday was coming up and she had a dream that she gave me this scarf. And so she woke up and she went on to Amazon and spent 40 minutes searching on Amazon. And she found the scarf, which was exactly the one that she dreamed about and gave it to me. And it's perfect because I love the colors. I love the way it feels. So, I mean, that was just a very fun experience. Um, a more serious one, this, actually, I'll, I'll give you a couple of more serious ones. One of the reasons that I wrote that book, Intuitive Dreaming, was I had some very profound dreams. I was married to a man who became sick. He had type one diabetes and he lost his kidney function. And there was one time that I had a dream we were in separate cities at the time. And I had this dream that he was having a low blood sugar reaction and he couldn't wake up. So when people are insulin dependent and they have too much insulin and not enough, their blood sugar drops too low, they can actually go into a coma and die. And the dream felt so profound. I was pretty sure that that was actually happening, that it wasn't just symbolic. So I called him, he didn't answer the phone. And then I sent out a very strong mental call. Like I kind of yelled at him in my mind to wake up. And then I called again and he did answer the phone, but I could tell from the sound of his voice that sounded really groggy that he was having a low blood sugar reaction because he couldn't really understand what I was saying. I was trying to tell him to test his blood sugar. He just, he wasn't getting it. So I called a friend of ours who was in the same city where he was. Fortunately, she woke up, she went to where he was, was able to uh, get in the house somehow. And she was able to call the paramedics. So basically that dream, I believe at the time saved his life because had I not had the dream, had I not remembered it, had I not been able to get in touch with him, had our friend not been able to go over there, he probably would have gone into a coma and died in his sleep. And that to me is just amazing that we can communicate that way in our dreams. That, that is profound. I mean, how many of us, I mean, this is a very critical tool that could help in so many ways. And, and obviously, and not at all times, it could be just vivid. It might just be that you wake up feeling a sense of fear, a sense of foreboding, and then maybe you think about what is that really telling you? I know that when you describe that, this happens to me a lot because my child has a 
adrenal disorder and there have been times where he can go into an adrenal crisis just like you described the blood sugar and I've had these I've just had a sense of foreboding it might not be a descriptive dream but it's a sense of something's not right and then you know found him with a seizure or gasping or something like that so I'm sure we all are connected but earlier you described Laurel about your own experience about how you dreamt of your friend sobbing and then you were reached out to her and you asked her and you weren't sure whether it was about you or was the, whether it was about her um, how might we actually distinguish if a dream is about representing someone else or if it's symbolic of something within us or also perhaps something predictive of something that's going to happen in the future like you described with your partner I mean what how might we actually because we can get tripped up I mean you you are quite intuitive about these things but maybe not everyone is so aware as to what do we do with this right now because you've used your dreams in so many of these ways you know that's a great question because I don't think that we always know and I think that it is part of our journey is to practice and experiment when you were asking earlier about how paying attention to dreams can help with our waking intuition, I think it's a similar process. Like when you say that sometimes you have a sense of foreboding with your son, I'm assuming that then you check on him. And it might be that he's having a medical crisis or it might be that he's not. And so part of that practice, I think helps us to become more aware, was my mind still before this happened? And then it was something that just came to me seemingly out of nowhere, or was I already actively thinking? Because there's a difference between worrying, which is when our mind is active and kind of racing and being able to receive something which comes when the mind is still. So one thing that helps a lot is if people practice some kind of meditation or concentration or even just spending some time every day doing something mindful. I like to do it with washing the dishes by hand where you know I'm not listening to a, something through my ears. I'm not having a conversation. I'm just concentrating on feeling the soap suds and the water and having my mind concentrated. And I mean, especially in our busy world, I think that's challenging is to even have that kind of practice of having a still quiet mind. But the more still and quiet the mind is, the more likely those intuitions are not our own imagination. It's coming from somewhere else. But even so, I think it's a matter of practice and testing. So like the dream that I had with the friend who was sobbing because I didn't want to alarm her and I really didn't know if that was about me or about her. I just sent her a text saying, I had a dream that you were in. I didn't say, are you okay? Mm. You know, I feel like something's wrong because that can actually 
alarm people or put pressure on them. And so I think there are ways that we can reach out without um, trying to alarm someone else or put a burden on them. And I think that's part of how we learn. You know, she might've said, oh, it's great to hear from you. Everything's going great in my life. You know, and even with that, yes. she might've been putting on a happy face that it yeah. wasn't true. Absolutely. Or it could have been that it, you know, that it was just purely about me. And if that was true, then I would probably look to myself and say, okay, is there something going on with me that I'm experiencing some grief about? That's so true, Laurel. And um, of course, I, given by all that you took us through today, that there is a deep wisdom hidden inside our dreams. So um, how might we actually access this wisdom? Because is it just, again, as you say, practice, 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 just writing it down, understanding it, some sort of intuitive guidance towards what is it telling us? Uh, or do you also feel that there are some sort of symbols? And I've asked lots of dream experts this and they've said, no, it's more personal. But, you know, here in the Eastern tradition, we've got, I'll give you an example. There's, a, there's a, this wisdom that when you dream of someone who's passing away, it actually is a symbol of their longevity. Uh, so it's not really something bad. So is, is there anything like that? Do you feel there is some sort of symbolic wisdom or else how can we just access what is that individualized, personalized wisdom that's for us? That's a very interesting question. And there's an organization called the International Association for the Study of Dreams that I've been a member of since 2008. And actually, I was president. Um, and one of their ethical guidelines is that nobody can interpret someone else's dream. So I abide by those guidelines. However, personally, I do believe that there are symbols. And I think that some symbols are universal, but the application is individual. And in that way, I do think that each person has authority over their own dreams to say, this is what it means to me. This is what it's telling me. There are some really um, interesting exercises that people can do to try to decode the symbols. So for example, um, with a person in a dream, even though on one level, that dream might be about the other person, like some of those examples that I gave. I think at one level, all people in dreams can also symbolize aspects of ourselves. So what I do is say, okay, if I were to describe that person, what are one or two qualities that I see in them? Maybe they're very disciplined. Maybe they're nurturing. Maybe they're uh, really active. So whatever the primary quality or qualities are that I see in that person, symbolically, I would say, okay, it's those aspects of myself that I'm dreaming about when that person shows up as a, a dream character. And there are some methods of um, 
when awake, engaging with that person, asking them questions like, who are you? Why are you here in my dream? What are you here to tell me? That you can either do with another person, with a, a dream worker or with a therapist, or you can even do it with uh, a dialogue, like you write the question down and I then mean. allow yourself to get still and write the answers. So that can be very illuminating. Um, in terms of objects, something very similar can occur, like thinking about, okay, what is the purpose or function of this object in waking life? And then how does that correspond to me? So food, for example, the purpose of food is to nourish our bodies. What is the corresponding thing that nourishes my mind I would say it's knowledge. So if I dream about food, I think it's a symbol of knowledge. And then the action in the dream is going to tell me what the dream is actually telling me. Like I go to a restaurant and um, there's so much food, I don't know what to choose. So I would say in my waking life, I have all of these things I could learn and it seems kind of overwhelming. I don't know what to choose or, um, whatever the action is, then we can apply that to how does that relate to what's happening in my waking life? Lovely, Laurel. And I was just wondering by the time we close this episode, if you could just share, um, of course, how can we, some sort of guides for how do we recall our dreams and how can we use our dreams to get to the best intuitive version of ourselves? In terms of recalling dreams, I'm sure that you have lots of episodes that are about good sleep habits. So having good sleep habits is very important. Things like staying off of electronics for at least an hour before going to sleep, doing things to slow down and kind of wind down. It can be really helpful, especially for people who tend to be kind of anxious or who have a hard time sleeping because they have so many thoughts going on, is just to do some stream of consciousness writing before bed, you know, maybe writing down their worries or if there are things that are in their mind, they have a presentation to do at work the next day, just to write out whatever their thoughts are about that so they can kind of get it out of their brain. And then having a dream journal is important that you have by your bedside with a pen or pencil. I always like to date it for the next morning because that's setting up an expectation that when I wake up, I'm going to write something down. And then in my dream journal, I write, I want to remember my dreams or if I have a specific question like, I want a dream that will tell me what to do to heal this back pain, or um, I want a dream that gives me the perfect title for this book that I'm writing. Whatever it is we want to know is to write that down in the dream journal. Mm. And then um, as much as possible to relax into a state of sleep and then what's really important is when we wake up, even if it's the middle of the night, if we remember a dream is to write it down right then. Because 
even if you're tired, if you wake up in the middle of the night and then go back to sleep, you're not going to remember that dream in the morning. So it doesn't mean you have to write down the whole thing if it's very long and involved, but at least some key words so that then in the morning you can remember and in the morning, then to write something in the dream notebook, whatever you remember, a feeling, a word, a scene. And if you really don't remember anything at all, is to still write something down like, I'm grateful for my dreams, or this morning I didn't remember a dream, but tomorrow I will. Or it's getting easier and easier to remember my dreams, just something. So we get in that habit of waking up and writing in the dream journal. Love it, Laurel. And I think what I really loved about everything that you spoke today was you've just highlighted that the key to quality dreaming is quality sleep and the other way around. And that really gives us, uh, I think, even in spite of knowing how important quality sleep is, several people at many times don't give priority to deep relaxation, to actually setting the stage, setting the intention for optimal sleep. And there's a world of difference between just lying in your bed and sleeping and actually having that deep restorative sleep. And you've just highlighted that all over again. And I truly love that. And of course, we have a show mantra, which we have all our guests complete a sentence for us. And if you were to complete this sentence, it would start as if sleep is the new medicine, then how would you complete that sentence for us? Hmm. Um, If sleep is the new medicine, then I hope our culture respects how valuable it is. Thank you, Laurel. And where can people find you? Where can people get hands on your book or books? They can um, find me. There's a link tree. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E and then slash Laurel Clark. Or they can go to my website, which is laurelclark.com, or email me at laurel at laurelclark.com. Beautiful, Laurel. Thank you for your time and for a super intuitive episode and so many beautiful examples which really brought it down to understanding what you're describing. Uh, perfectly so I'm so cherished that you provided your time for us today well thank you I really appreciate you and I'm so glad that you're doing this show because sleep is so important so thank you for having me as your guest everyone i hope you enjoyed the show just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only this is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional this information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services if you are looking for personal help 
on your health journey do seek out a medical practitioner please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional it is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counseling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding if you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com